0: Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host Justin Lamb and this is episode 55 with my friend Kate. I was excited to sit down and talk with Kate and catch up and find out all about her life. She is definitely one of those people that I have I've seen through Facebook. I know, you know, I know she's been through a divorce and I know she lived in Washington at one point, but you know, those details of how you got to these points and And what were the results of them? Those are the things that I was excited to find out. And find out I did. And stay tuned after the episode when we have another Ask a Therapist session with our resident therapist Jenny Helms. We'll be talking about projecting. Dealing with those who are projecting and projecting yourselves. Which you guys know I do a lot of on the show when I project all my own questions onto people. But uh, either way, good listens on both ends. So start it out now and I'll catch you on the end. Without further ado... Here's my friend, Kate. Da-da-da-da. Hi. Hi. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for doing this. It's been... Honestly, I feel honored. Oh. Uh, well, you're... Uh, <laughs> as proven through, like, two messages, you're a very interesting person. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So... I normally start with how I know people, uh, okay. like so many others. I met you in high school <laughs> and you are a year younger than me. And I don't know exactly when we met. I know we, I remember something with being like in drama or on stage or something at some point, but I think that might've been later. Uh,
2: I don't know. I think it, maybe it was musical theater class. Was it? I think so.
0: Musical theater class. I've come so far, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So we met in high school and, uh, had a, (laughs) I don't know, flirtatious relationship. Flirtationship. Uh huh. Um, yes. And then, I mean, I think for the most part, other than like some random texts and whatnot, we've fallen off from contact, um, except for via like social media for like the last 15 years. (laughs)
2: I did go see you play at that brewery or bar, um, brew pub up in Holly.
0: Oh, at Blackthorn Pub. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I missed that gig. That was fun. And that was right after
2: I had uh, moved back from Washington. So,
0: yeah. And we're going to dive into that. Um, cause yeah, I know you got married and I know you moved away. And, uh, I know bits and pieces, but I'm excited for you to like actually tell the story. So, Uh, so that's how I know you, but let's, I mean, let's travel back in time. Um, I know you have a younger brother, right? Yes. That's your only sibling.
2: Yes. Only, only sibling by blood. Yes.
0: Were you born and raised in Michigan? Yes. What's,
2: uh... uh, I was born in Pontiac and we lived in White Lake until my brother was born. And then we, um, moved, ended up in Clarkston. Yeah. Um, when I started kindergarten, well, actually halfway through kindergarten, cause I started in Dublin on white Lake. Um, and then I graduated from Clarkson. So I was there the whole time. Yeah. My parents split up my senior year. Uh, and then, so my brother was, my dad kept a place in Clarkson. So my brother was able to stay in the school district. Yeah. So he didn't end up graduating from Clarkson cause he got expelled from renaissance so he got demoted to the trouble school and then got expelled from the trouble school getting his ged before anybody got their diploma
0: nice um you don't remember your brother being born i'm assuming right three years old no okay (laughs) wasn't
2: i i I remember like telling my mom that it was snowing that day which is impossible because he was born in june
0: (laughs) i mean it's michigan you really never know (laughs) let's be honest um so what's your relationship like with your bro- I mean, my my brother's three years older than me and I fucking hate him, but that's part of his personality So what is your relationship like growing up with your brother? Like not now? Cause-
2: um, we were horrible to each other as kids. <laughs> we, you know He hit me with, you know, an empty roll of wrapping paper when we were doing Christmas gifts And then I'd wind him on and then he'd get screamed at by dad and eventually dad would beat his ass <laughs> So then I stopped ratting on him so he wouldn't get his ass kicked as much Uh, no we did not get along at all um and then he enlisted after high school yeah and that brought us i mean that totally changed who he was and we have been super close ever since
0: that's nice Uh, when i
2: did move to washington his military base was 15 minutes away so i got to see him six days a week nice
0: what's uh what's the relationship like with your parents growing up
2: um, my, I had the best mom in the world. She um, was sick. She got diagnosed with Lyme disease when I must have been four or five, which was a misdiagnosis. It ended up being lupus, which they found out three years later. But for those three years, we had a, um, a full-time nurse, and she was in bed on IVs. Um, so she ended up retiring very young. Uh, and then being a stay at home mom, once they figured out what it was when she was actually able to be somewhat active, she would volunteer at school all the time. I had an abnormal connection with her and she would like come in to help with people that needed reading. Cause she's actually, she was a teacher and she's also a published author Oh wow! on how teaching kids how to read. So she would come in and help kids that were having issues when she would leave i would want to leave with her and i would scream and cry down the hallway in school chasing her yeah so it was a but you know i was very connected to her because i had an absentee father he was there but he wasn't he was when he was there he was drunk or angry yeah so you know i kind of had both parents in one with her
0: well let, let i want to go back to your mom real quick so was she like bedridden for those 3 years She was from, so you were like five to eight years old and she was.
2: Yep, we had, I grew up having a nurse and a cleaner in the house. Wow. So when I ended up, you know, being in college and moving out for the first time, I had never used a vacuum. (laughs) I had never done laundry and it's not because I was spoiled, but because my mom was so sick. Yeah. There were certain things she couldn't do. So she just, we had someone to do those things.
1: Yeah. So
0: and I
2: had a full time nanny on top of it because she couldn't be there.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I you got to recognize, I suppose, the fortunateness that you guys could afford to do that.
2: Yes, uh, I will say, for an asshole of a father, he made good money.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, when you say he wasn't there, was it like work wise, he wasn't there.
2: Uh, he worked a lot, and he also traveled a lot uh, with his friends. He would go on week long golf trips every other month. Oh, okay. He would go up north and go fishing with his buddies or, you know, go somewhere. He was always gone.
0: What did he do for work? Sales. Okay.
2: He worked for a few different sales companies for audio sales, like companies that don't exist anymore. (laughs) And then he ended up switching over to a contracting firm um, and... I was the VP of that contracting firm pretty much up until my parents got divorced. And then I think the economy kind of turned and he got demoted Yeah. and then eventually got fired. So I've heard, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him in like 10 years.
0: What is, what is that like as a kid from like five to eight, like you, your mom being that sick? Like, what is that? Did that do anything to where, do you find yourself like in a caretaker role now or did,
2: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I do have a tendency to mother hen. <laughs> um, I always want to make sure everybody's taken care of. I'm annoying about getting my personal checkups done because they have so much genetically that has happened to my mother and cancer in four generations and yeah. all this stuff. So it's, it's made me hyper aware. It's also made me not overthink things like, I know that, sir, I'm not going to run to the doctor when I have a runny nose, you know, I had it, I growing up with a nurse in the house, if something happened, she'd explain to me, oh no, okay, this is, you know, well, the mucus is clear. So you're, you're okay. You know, talking to me about this stuff. And so I kind of, am. I'm fortunate to have learned it, but to watch your mom not be able to do anything is heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, that's that's got to be very hard as a as a small child as well.
2: Um, yeah, and it, it ended up coming full circle because when I stopped talking to her as an adult, it was right after her heart attack, and she was bedridden again. Wow. And I just, she, I don't remember as a child her being a bad patient, <laughs> but she definitely was as an adult.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm sure if that was the case as as a child, she also had the nurse there and everything. So I, I, I don't imagine you would be taking the brunt of that. Um, so any, I mean, how's the rest of childhood? Your dad, obviously it sounds like you had a kind of a tumultuous relationship with him as a, as a kid. And
2: yeah, he always, um, he was always withdrawn and when he was there and sober, which was very rare, you know, thing we got along on was math. Okay. Uh, my father was, is Mensa smart. Okay. And when I wanted help with my homework in first grade, he would turn my mathematical equation into algebra. <laughs> so I learned algebra in first grade from my father with a chess set on the kitchen table.
0: Wow. Has that paid off? <laughs> are you are you crazy math uh, person? Yes.
2: I, I mean, I am an accountant, so it, I guess in some way it did kind of resonate that numbers are my friend. Um, it was really the only way that he and I could get along. Yeah. Be very black and white. We could play cards. We would play gin rummy, but it was because it was counting and math in a competition. He never said I love you to me as a kid. My mom would always tell me at night when she tucked me in. Your father loves you. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? No, he doesn't show it or say it. So no.
0: What's uh, what's your social life like, coming into like junior high and high school?
2: Uh, odd man out. I didn't have a lot of friends. I was very awkward. Um, I basically looked like a hot dog, covered in um hippy dippy designs. I was I wanted to be a flower child I was all about peace love and acceptance and
0: where do you think world. that came from?
2: Um, my mom was extremely open-minded and taught me to always respect everyone's beliefs as long as their beliefs were never they they didn't push their beliefs on others or yeah. use their beliefs to harm others yeah. So I just kind of was like, oh, love all the time. Plus, you know, I came from a weird family dynamic. I had a ton of love coming from my mom and zero coming from my dad. So I just wanted to, you know, be that peace, love human being. Yeah. At the other end of it, I was also a feminist, which, uh, yeah, led to me getting made fun of a lot in high school.
1: Yeah.
0: That's that's a side of you I remember. <laughs> <clears throat> That's funny. You
2: mean I remember the boys singing the Mr. Clean commercial song as I walked down the hallway?
0: That I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of bullying in high school. And then did you did you go to college after high school?
2: Yeah, I went to Oakland.
0: Okay. And was I that always like up. on your radar, I imagine with your No,
2: not at all. Um when shit went sideways with my family. Um
0: Oh god, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's let's back up to that real quick. So <laughs> How does that, how do you find out your parents are going to get divorced? Was that a Uh, long time uh, coming or was that a sudden thing?
2: No, no. I mean, my, my parents fought three times in 20 years and, you know, it was always just, my mom always put up with it. She would have put up with it forever. And we, I, my dad, it was pool night. So my dad's buddies were downstairs in the basement playing pool. And I went to the office to go log on to check my email and what I, my, my aim God, it was, I was 17. So yeah, we still had AOL. Yeah. Um,
0: and I was messaging and,
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was an email account that was still left open. And so nosy me, I'm going to find out what's going on.
1: Yeah.
2: And it was all of these extremely sexual emails to these younger girls, like teen 14. Oh, wow. Provocative emails, pictures, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, I need to talk to my mom because my brother is definitely being inappropriate. Yeah. So I call, you know, I bring my mom in, I explain her. So we both go talk to my brother. You know, this is not how you treat women. You should never, you know, you have to respect them. Like, what are you talking about? Emails and pictures have no, I have no idea what you're talking about, mom. I, I, that's not me. Or like, okay, well, he's a really bad liar. So if you, he, if you do the thing, like I can see you smile, <laughs> he'll crack. And you know, he's lying. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So he wasn't lying. Pete had no idea what we were talking about. Well, there's only four humans in this house. It's not my brother. It's definitely not me. It's definitely not my mom it's my dad. Wow. So we had to sit there and wait until everybody had left from pool. My mom and I, meanwhile, are going through all of the emails, looking at all of the pictures, 14 year old girls in the shower, you know, explicit stuff. And then the pictures that were sent were not of my dad. The conversation was saying that this guy was 30. They had family vacation photos all this stuff and then we confronted my dad when everyone had left. And of course he denied it and denied it. And then finally said, okay, it was me. I was talking to some girls on the woman on the internet and stormed out of the house, he immediately went to an internet cafe and started deleting all of the emails as my mother and I were printing them at home. He had stolen the identity of a 30 year old man. My youth is 2000, 2001.
1: Yeah.
2: So he had stolen someone's identity and talked to, used it to speak to underage women. And turns out my alcoholic asshole father was indeed an internet pedophile.
1: Wow.
0: So what, I mean, that's, that's a heavy thing to take.
2: Yeah, especially when I am the entire reason that they even know. Yeah. If I had kept my mouth shut, my parents would still be married.
0: Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's not any sort of blame you can actually assign to yourself. <laughs> that's.
2: It was when you're, it is when you're 17. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, that's I, the the shame associated with that I can't even fathom, right? Like, that's, what. what does your family do with that information, like? Hide it. Yeah.
2: My mom hid it through the entire divorce proceeding. My mom kept her binder on the desk, but never brought it up. That man should be in jail.
0: As, so nothing was ever reported to like law enforcement. No,
2: nope, right? nothing was ever reported because my mom didn't want that cloud over our heads wow. is what she said. Um, to me, it was she, she was covering her own ass. Yeah. Um, as she allowed the divorce to drag out long enough that he did not finalize it until a week after i turned 18. so he did not have any financial responsibilities to me and you know she should have just turned him in
0: that's crazy so you said your dad kept a house in clarkston so your brother could still go to school did your brother
2: renting an apartment um behind cherry hill lanes
0: but did your brother still like live with him at that point
2: yeah oh yeah because my mom did not tell my brother the explicitness of all of it okay and that it was my dad my brother just heard my parents fighting and you know he was 14 and a stoner he didn't like comprehend any of it yeah So my parents split up, we sold the house, we moved in with my grandparents, and my brother decided, that's too many rules, I'm going to go back with dad, because the whole reason he got it was just for residency, the plan was not for my brother to move in with him. Yeah, yeah. But it was just too many rules for my brother, and he was acting out, and he got burned more into drugs, and my dad allowed him to do all the drugs, and bring all the girls over, because he didn't care. Yeah. So my brother actually still lives with my dad.
0: So what, and you, and then you're, while this is going on, you're starting at OU.
2: Yes. uh, So I graduated mid-year from Clarkston because I was so frustrated and needed to get out of that place. I took a night school class. I tested out of another one. I graduated in January and I actually had already finished my first semester at OU by the time I got my cap and gown.
0: Nice. So did you, uh, go ahead.
2: I didn't really have a plan for school. Yeah. Um, but it was a, I need to get out of here. Who's going to accept me mid-year and my parents were still in the negotiating phase. So it was okay. If you go to a local school, we'll pay, pay for it. Gotcha. My dad will pay for it. If I go to a local school, I was like, perfect.
0: So are you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I'm sure if any, most people with any student debt will be like, fuck yeah, if you want to pick the school, I will go there if you're going to pay for it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I speak from experience, for sure. Uh. So you, did you just live at home then when you went to OU?
2: Yeah, I lived with, uh, I lived with my mom at my grandparents' house. And then um, I found a boyfriend, so, <laughs> Donnie Parker. Yeah, I, rem- I remember us. Donnie. Uh, So Donnie and I started dating and uh, I moved it. We got an apartment and I moved out and moved in with him. Um, And then when that ended, I God, I just had,
0: I, yeah, I was at that apartment. Yeah. 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 It was over in like Lake village, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hi Max and Irma's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just had like a flash, like, oh yeah, I like hung out with you guys a couple times when you lived there. That's crazy. So yeah, you move, move in with a boyfriend Um, How long were you guys together?
2: Uh, We were together about a year and a half because we were living with his mom before we got that lease. Yeah, And then we had the lease and we broke up at the end of the lease. We needed to go our separate ways.
0: Gotcha. Um, When do you move to Washington?
2: So I was working two or three jobs. I think I was working for an online BDSM store company.
0: How do you okay. get in? How do you get into that? <laughs> I imagine uh, that's I not something just a in the want ads.
2: Craigslist of. posting. Okay. Business assistant position. And it, we met at um, like a diner, and for the interview, and he's like, "Look, this is what I do." Make sure, this gives you a problem, you know, let me know. I was like, no, not at all. You know, I have a lot of friends that are into BDSM. I'm I'm fairly, you know, I, I'm not extremely intelligent about the world, but, you know, I've dipped my toe in those waters. Um, I know it's a really great community, full of trust. And he's like, awesome. He's like, well, I really want to hire you because I'm trying to do this spinoff to get, I want to do a women's professional leatherwear site. That I'm gonna need help with the other company when we get as we get that up and rolling. And i was like sure so I took the job.
0: How old were it's you at this budget? point? 21?
2: 22? 23? I don't
0: know early 20s. Okay, I'm just I'm I, I'm I, curious like where does the openness about sexuality come from and when does that <laughs> happen?
2: Um, growing up, my mom always encouraged me to talk openly about that stuff. Okay. We started the communication about sex. My eighth grade, eighth grade or freshman year. Um, Clarkson assigned a college level sex ed book to our class. Okay. And when I had questions, I brought the book home to my mom. And as Previously being an educator, she flipped the fuck out and called the school board. Got it. So <laughs> we had, I mean, this, this, this is a, it's, it's our first mixed co-ed sex ed class. Did so
0: you I go to Clarkston junior high or Sashbaugh?
2: Sashbaugh. Okay. So it must've been, it must've been Clarkston high school. must've been freshman year. Well, eighth, and eighth grade, we I mean, had a health
0: class that was about sex, but that was, I was at Clarkston and Clarkston was notoriously more prude than Sashbaugh. So no. <laughs> All of this is. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty
2: sure it was the high school, but I honestly don't remember. But we were, I mean, it was talking about anal and. Oh, wow. Like, it was not stuff that freshmen should, 14 year olds should be talking about. Yeah. And we had to read the book out loud in the mixed ed class. Oh. Like, and the teacher didn't even think this is inappropriate. So I brought it home to my mom because I had a lot of questions.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and that escalated to eventually the, 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 the principal and vice principal just being scared of me because of would have <laughs> lost their jobs had my mom actually decided to sue the school board. Yeah. Um, but it, it opened up a world of conversation for us. And she's like, look, you can talk to me about anything. She, she opened up to me about, you know, when she was younger, when she lost her virginity, how that was for her. I remember losing my virginity. It was the weekend before I started OU. Yeah, we had uh, we had been dating for like two and a half years. It was the her, his the night his cousin got married. Place so my parents were home, so we decided. Okay, it lasted thirty seconds. We both cried. <laughs> the next morning, I just walked into my mom's room and I'm like, "So, mom, last night Kevin and I had sex." So, I think I should go see the gynecologist and start birth control. He's like, okay, I'll make an appointment. Do you have any questions? Are you okay? How'd you feel? Like, it was never something you weren't supposed to talk about. Yeah. It was always encouraged. And when my friends had questions, they'd come to my mom because my mom was always one of those open, non judgmental people, yeah. at least when I was younger, like pre pedophile crap.
0: Which is because crazy had- to think about intertwining that. Um, just like the openness in talking about sex in your household and then the we don't talk about this at all yeah uh, so yeah that's got to be a weird dynamic of the two extremes mixing together
2: oh absolutely everything changed everything changed she yeah. changed the family dynamic changed everything changed and my brother thinks it's strange that I'm so open about my sexuality.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and it's not a common thing. <laughs>
1: <It's>, <laughs> I mean,
2: I don't think sexuality needs to be something that should ever be shamed upon. Yeah. I embrace it. I, I think it's beautiful. As long as you're not harming others or harming yourself, be safe. Go out. Do what you want. I mean, in college, I was a rambunctious child and rather (laughs) slutty, but I was safe. Yeah. No, I, I would always use a condom. I went and got tested every six months. I still do. And blessed that I have, you know, a a committed partner now that is snipped. So I don't need to worry about the condoms, but I still, you know, I I still carry them everywhere I go because I am in a, a more open relationship.
0: Oh, we'll get to that. I have questions. <laughs>
3: Sorry, I go everywhere. You need to. Oh no, you're me. fine.
0: Um, well, so before I I branched off on on openness about sexual uh, sex, sexuality, I can't talk. Um, you got the job at the BDSM place.
2: Oh right, and I was also working at Hotspot. Do you remember Hotspot?
0: I have so many questions about that place. <laughs> well, just because, like, uh, I've never been there. But I've seen so, the like I don't know the themes I'm yes, like yes. do you actually serve coffee topless in a drive through? okay uh, <laughs> that
2: actually was my idea that was my marketing campaign. Oh
0: congratulations. We
2: our business in one day, <laughs> and what I did was I handed them the cup of coffee and the lid.
1: Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: they wanted to see us topless. So yep. they wrapped her up around the corner. It was a costume barista drive through Yeah. Uh, it was this amazing couple. And I would, before it was hotspot, it was Jam and Java. And it's just, it was the same owners. And I would go through there every day on my way to work. I had this uh, job that I was just starting to hate. I was working for um, a developmentally disabled company uh, that managed group homes. And the owner was embezzling and doing all of the shit. And I just couldn't stand it anymore. I, she, and the owner, Brenda, who is amazing, um, was like, look, if you hate your job, just quit, start working here. I was like, are you serious? So I did. I quit my nine to five job with benefits because I hated it and picked up hotspot. And then had to get a second job and ended up working for the BDSM company. Um, and I felt it was a sign because I lost my grandmother right when all the shit hit the fan. So my grandmother passed when I was 19 from cancer. She was my favorite human on the planet and she hated her name. Her name was Zelda. She hated it. <laughs> but and it's such
0: a good my, video game.
2: <clears> when my adopted aunt asked her, uh, what to call her because she didn't want to call her Zelda because she hated her name. Didn't want to call her Mrs. Hauser. She's like, What well, if you could pick any name in the world, what would it be? And her response was Brenda, like Brenda Star Ace Reporter, which is a comic from the 40s. And so my aunt always called my grandma Brenda. And so when I went to interview at Hotspot, I'm not even shitting you, the owner's name was Brenda Zelda.
0: Oh, that's funny.
2: It was a sign. <laughs> and I followed that sign. I had so much fun working there, and it was crazy. I mean, we had... We had good customers we had fucking nut jobs that would come through you know pick in hand cool <laughs> you know, I, mean, I could you know i could make uh, between five five and nine a.m i could walk out with a hundred bucks in tips
0: yeah that's crazy At a coffee so place.
2: <laughs> it was it was great but i you know and i, I made i made a lot of friends through that drive-through my ex-husband through that drive-through <laughs> uh which is you know the first step of me moving to washington so i met i i met jim a customer came through got coffee like three times a day (laughs) and flirt and then i found out he was married and i was like you know what let's just be friends and we would still flirt but nothing happened he filed for divorce and then we went on our first date his divorce was finalized in December. I moved in the next week. Um, we did not have sex until his divorce was final.
0: Was it just kind of a rule you had with yourself?
2: And, and a rule for him, strangely enough, like he, there was something, there was an, an actual mental block that was physically preventing him from doing it, which I know this is going to sound horrible gave me a lot of reassurance that he wouldn't cheat on me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's oddly admirable.
2: <laughs> like, okay. he physically can't get it up if he's with somebody else. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, you know, because I, I, the, the, the idiots that I chose to date in high school and college all cheated on me. So, you know, I was kind of accustomed to it.
0: So you meet your future husband.
2: Uh, in a drive-thru.
0: Yeah, and then move in with him. Arden, you're still working at Hotspot and the BDSM company?
2: Yes. He quit his job, went to a different mortgage company, quit that, doing work for going back to service at a dealership. He was not good at holding down a job. There were a lot of signs. There were like a bazillion signs. I should have known better. But I supported us with three jobs. And, you know, we sold his house that he had had with his wife. We got a cute little apartment in Rochester. Um, We had our own place. We had our own life. It was great. But we didn't want to live in Michigan forever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care where we live. I have one requirement. I'd like to be within an hour of someone we know, just in case, you know, so we started sending out applications for any place that we had family, family or friends, okay. close friends. And he got a job offer in Tacoma, Washington nice, to be a limo driver for a high-rise apartment complex. Interesting. They don't have chauffeur's licenses in Washington. So they were very impressed with the fact that he had a chauffeur's license. <laughs> Does not mean he's ever chauffeured anybody. <laughs> But I, it was 15 minutes from my cousin, and it just got married and had a baby. And it was 15 minutes away from where my brother was posted, nice. Fort Lewis, McCord. So I was super happy. So we, I quit my jobs, multiple. I quit <laughs> all of them. And packed up our shit, and we drove across the country.
0: Nice. And how old are you at this point?
2: Uh, let's see. It must have been... Just shy of 26, because we got married. I got married at 25.
0: Okay. So you got married in Michigan and then moved to Washington. Yeah, I got
2: married in Michigan, and then we left about six months later.
0: Gotcha. And how long How long did you live out in Washington?
2: I lived there for three years.
0: Nice. What did you do when you were out there?
2: I was a receptionist, part-time at the apartment complex that had hired him and where we were living. His, his job also included live-in, so it was, included rent.
0: Yeah, that's nice.
2: Very, um, and that didn't work out very well because I found out a bunch of people were embezzling and I brought it to their attention and then they fired me for it. Um, Uh yeah. uh And yeah, (laughs) like, that's great, but at least they didn't fire him. Yeah. So he still had his job and then I was temping, but most of my time was basically spent nannying my cousin's son. Because her husband left her. okay he was when the baby was six months old. Wow. Um, and I was there and I didn't really have a job. Hey. Okay. So I became full-time nanny so she could work. And I loved it, and I love that kid to death. and I called him my nephew because he, you know, calling me cousin Kate was too much. He just called me Aunt Kate. yeah. And then when he got a little older and could actually go to kinder care, um, I ended up working at JB. Hunt doing scheduling delivery for whirlpool products. Okay. And uh, stayed there until the day and I, day Jim and I split up, which was our third wedding anniversary.
0: So you were still in Washington when you guys split up?
2: Yes, we, um, we got into a fight on our third wedding anniversary. He needed to take a walk, so he walked down to the courthouse and came back with separation papers and i asked him if he wanted me to stay and work it out or if he wanted me to leave he asked me to leave i was on the next flight to michigan
0: wow so what happens when you get back to michigan what's life like and when where around this time do you stop talking to your parents
2: uh i had stopped talking to my dad after
0: yeah for obvious reasons uh what about your mom
2: Uh... I was still talking to my mom okay. uh, I actually moved back and moved in with her for a few months until I could find an apartment. And then, um, another girl we went to high school with, she and I got an apartment together. So we, I got out of my mom's place, which was good, but she had a heart attack and it was really bad. Um, they, something, there were a bunch of side effects and her spleen erupted and then when they yeah. went in to go with the spleen they pinched her colon and so she was in in another hospital for like six weeks wow. it was wretched and um she finally got back she was on home care and she refused to take any of her medication she refused to eat she looked at myself and my aunt and said you should have just let me die which is heartbreaking for a child to hear that from their parent yeah Um, and she convinced her boyfriend to take her to the casino and i called her found out where she was because she was gone when i got home this was before i had moved in with laura um it's one of the triggers that made me finally move out her find out where she was and i could hear the casino in the background i'm like you're fucking kidding me you have not even been out of the hospital for five days you're on home care, you just had a heart attack and multiple abdominal surgeries, have lupus, you're extremely immunocompromised, you will lose your health insurance if they find out about this. Yeah. Because she could not, She when you're on home care, you cannot leave your home except for doctor's appointments, yeah. or they will take it away. So then I called her boyfriend and started screaming at her boyfriend, you need to get her home. So then call from her yelling me out and then I get a call from my brother who's stationed at Fort Knox saying what the hell did you do to piss mom off this much she called him to yell at me I was just done Yeah, I withdrew I would still talk to her once in a while but it was very like only family functions yeah
0: transactional
2: because I wasn't gonna like my grandfather was still alive and I you know I want to be a part of his life, and yeah. and so I, I moved back in with my grandfather. So I was with him for a couple months, and I'm really glad I was because um, I was there until he passed. Um, it in. Okay, hold on, I got to rewind a minute. So <laughs> in August of the year that he passed, I had a slip and fall accident. I was walking to my car to go to work, and I slipped in the garage, not on oil, not on water, not on anything, like on air. <laughs> and instead of breaking my fall, I grabbed my work laptop. I ended up shattering my pelvis, my sacrum, and my coccyx.
0: Jeez.
2: I, and I called my boss from the garage floor to tell her I was going to be late. <laughs> my mom and her boyfriend had to come pick me up off the floor and take me to the emergency room. Wow. I did not. I, as soon as I got on into, well, we actually went to urgent care. Um, as soon as we got into urgent care, I opened up my laptop and started working (laughs) while I'm waiting for the x-ray. Um, they're like, Oh, I don't see anything. You must've just pulled some muscles, come back in two weeks to make sure they didn't tear. Gave me crutches. I go back, give me an MRI because I was still in a lot of pain. A technician was like, How the fuck are you walking? It's completely shattered. You can oh see God. blood through the entire sacrum. It was just shattered. Oh I dislocated the left ring of my pelvis. Um, I had broken the tip of my tailbone off completely. Uh, so I was on crutches for about three months. Holy crap. So that was in August. In September, my grandfather got diagnosed with stage four cancer in his lungs and liver. Later, he was gone. I'm glad it was fast. I'm glad he's now with my grandmother. It was heartbreaking. And, um, you know, I made it through the funeral. I did everything just like I did for my grandmother. My mom and my aunt couldn't handle it. So I had to do the eulogy for both. Wow. Um, You know... They did all the bookings of, you know, I'll call the restaurant, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for that. But you have to talk to all the people. I'm like, okay, fine. So I set up all the pictures. I do all the emotional stuff cause I can handle it. I'm the one that's supposed to handle it in my family. So then we get through the funeral and my mom says, we're selling the house. You have two weeks to be out. I'm on crutches with three broken bones. And my mother kicks me out of my house. Wow. Needless to say, that's when I stopped talking to her.
0: <laughs> How long ago was this?
2: Uh, five years.
0: Okay. How are you doing healing-wise five uh, years I later? Have,
2: I have permanent nerve damage in my tailbone. Um, I have a lot of... Um, Muscle issues for misalignment from, you know, overcompensating for my hip, my hips constantly going out of alignment. Yeah. Um, two weeks after I finally got off of crutches, I ended up breaking my collarbone. What? Um. Not through the skin, but you can, you know, completely broken. Yeah. And it's sad.
0: Jeez. So, um, I want to transition a little to... <laughs> go for it. your current job um as well as your relationship and I guess I don't know sexual identity cuz this is this is all stuff that you mentioned to me via message message um
2: messenger um and, and I'm, so I I work as the accounts payable manager for the nation's third largest adult toy distributor yay my brother calls it the dildo factory. That's fair. <laughs> we don't actually make the products; we just buy them and sell them. Yeah. Um, so I I buy millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of dildos. Uh huh.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Industry where I can tell somebody to go fuck themselves and then pick what they should use to do it.
0: Perfect. Um, how do you? How'd you get into that? Craigslist ad again,
2: <laughs> uh, I saw, I saw a posting, um, I, I think it was like indeed or something for an accounting position. I had been working for a third party money manager for the la- the prior five years, um, running their trading department and it was like 3 billion in assets. So it's high stress. I went through three sec audits in three years. It was crazy. Jeez. I lost that job because I have anger issues. I made some asshole cry on a conference call <laughs> by telling them that coming in on a day they had to work was not something they should be praised for. Yeah. So I got fired and I was looking for a job and I went to apply for the job. For an, it's just for accounting.
3: I walk in
2: and you can't, it's, you can't see anything in the office portion. Like it, it just looks like a normal office. So she starts to explain and I'm like, I used to work for a BDSM company. (laughs) I was like, I used to work for BDSMStore.com." She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I know. I I know. So do you get your stuff from X, Y, and Z? And I start listing off, you know, distributors, uh, uh, companies. And she's like, wait, so you're okay with this industry? (laughs) Yeah. I loved being in this industry. I'd love to come back. It's a Oh, it's a really laid back, awesome place to work. Yeah. So I started off as just an accounting data entry girl, and uh, now I run the accounts payable department. And by running the department, I mean I run me. I am the only person <laughs> in the department. So it's really just an awesome title for managing myself. Fair enough. Um,
0: you never know. You could good. be a handful to manage.
2: <laughs> so. no, oh, I, I am. I am. <laughs> um, it's, it's a great place to work. I, I love my coworkers. I, I love my boss. I love the owners. They're really smart, intelligent human beings. Um, and you know, I, so boyfriend, um, when I moved back from Michigan, I joined a meetup group called happy hour Thursdays and I met a lot of awesome people. Most of them just had gotten out of really bad relationships. It wasn't a singles group. It was a social group.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know Meetup. I was, I've was, i looked for D&D games on there before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I play D&D with people I don't know. Because I suck at it. So I need people I know to just understand, like, I forget that I have these skills.
0: Oh, that's every player. Every player forgets yeah. they have these skills. <laughs> yeah. conversation for another time yes
2: okay so anyway so i mean i meet all of these wonderful people really wonderful awesome group of friends and i pretty much not i kind of put that kibosh on dating yeah like you know what i'm just gonna figure out who i am i started therapy you know i'm focusing on myself and you know creating this good community of solid friends And there's a tight group of us that we've actually traveled together. We've gone camping. We go to concerts, you know, road trips. We've all gotten to know each other pretty well. And a year and a half ago on my birthday, we were – I had thrown a a meetup (laughs) for my birthday (laughs) at the Whitney. And um, we were all sitting up in the ghost bar. And, uh, my now boyfriend, Tony had had one too many scotches and slipped that he thought I was cute. (laughs) And I had laid down so many hints over the years, but he thought I was joking. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask him out. Like I write the text message and I'm at, I was bartending at the time at a bowling alley and I I had one of the other girls read it. I was like, is this okay? You know, just want to ask him out for coffee. You know, and he's like, "Sure." I was like, "Okay." He's like, "But I don't drink coffee." I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm sure they have tea. Like, will this be?" And I'm, I swear, I felt like I was in high school. I was so nervous, and I'm, you know, of course, having like everybody in the bar read this with me. Like, "Okay, blah blah." blah, You know, I finally had to respond. You do know I mean this as a date, right? It's like, yes, I I figured that. (laughs) So our first date was on my birthday at Drifter in Ferndale, which is a tiny, independent, awesome coffee shop. And he got tea and I got a latte and we sat there for a couple hours. And um, we've had known each other for years, but not romantically or sexually. Yeah. So we were very comfortable with each other. So our first date conversation was very different than most first date conversations. Yeah. Like I already know about his life. Now let me know about something. I don't talking about sex. Like, well, you know, I'm, I, I don't believe in monogamy. Uh, I don't believe in marriage. I don't want kids. And I'm pansexual. Um, 'Cause I'm all about the person, not the parts.
0: Okay. Is that the is that the definition?
2: That's that's the layman's te- definition. Fair enough. Um, you know, I've I've been with men, I've been with women, I've been with transgenders. It's it's truly not about the physical things you yeah. have on your body. It's about the connection. Yeah. Um and he's like, That's awesome. He's like, so how do you feel about being with other people when you're with someone. And I was like, well, I, I believe in open relationships. He's like, well, um, I'm a whittle. What, like,
1: what what's does a whittle? that mean?
2: <laughs> uh, he's like, it's a cuckold. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he likes it when his partner yeah. goes out with other people. Um, so, you know, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> you mean I can go fuck whoever I want? It's like, yes, it's encouraged. I was like, this is the best relationship idea ever, <laughs> but he does. He, he's always like, please. when I told him, I was going to talk about it with you today. It's like, just use Whittle. I don't like the term cuckold use Whittle. Yes, sir. I will use Whittle. I don't know why he likes that word better, but he does they both mean the same thing.
0: Fair enough. So, uh, Yeah. That's, I I mean, that, that is an open I, I, your, your entire idea of, I think of of sexuality is is very open (laughs) and it's, it's, it's very, it's such a strange thing in this day and age in this country (laughs) for that to, to be a thing. So good for you.
2: (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm blessed to have people that understand I mean, my brother doesn't, and he doesn't want to know anything about my sexual life. You know, that's fine. Even though I ask him about his repeatedly.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm not on board with my family knowing anything about me in that department either. So, I get that.
2: You know, I just, I don't think it's something you should be ashamed of. I think it's something that should be talked about.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, so, I mean, it's not like I'm going to bring my you know, my boyfriend and somebody else to a family Christmas or somebody other than my boyfriend to my, a family Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I am emotionally monogamous with my boyfriend. I am not sexually monogamous. Um, and I don't care. And I've told him, which, you know, because he, he gets a lot more time off than I do. So, you know, he, he goes on trips without me sometimes. And I'm like, good, go. And I send him with a pack of condoms. and Just be safe.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: He's like, you know, I probably won't. And I was like, if you want to, I don't care me about it. We're good. You know, I talked to me about it before. I just wanted to know the details afterwards. I and mean, then he's the same way. I don't have to tell him before. Like I was prowling around this one guy that I met at a meetup. Um, and I told my girlfriends that I was, you know, I was like, I want to fuck him. So I started, I, I started my prowl and then I found out one of the girls was interested in him. So I was like, okay, now I can't fuck him anymore. <laughs> I never got to fuck him, but I went on like, I, I definitely laid some good groundwork and then it was all about, <laughs> just because one girl had a crush. I was like, uh why do I have to be a good friend?
0: How honorable of you. <laughs> um, all right. I have, I have questions. Okay. Who would you most like to apologize to and why?
2: My brother. For allowing my mom to keep all the shit from him, I should have just treated him like an adult and told him instead of waiting 10 years to tell him exactly what happened. Yeah. Because he didn't understand why I didn't talk to my dad. Yeah. And it was because, I, I mean, I'm 17. It wasn't my place. It was my mother's place. She didn't do it. And I kept my mouth shut for years. Yeah. Yeah about four years ago I finally told him and I made him go to my mom and said go look at the binder
0: oh wow so she still had the binder too
2: it's still in my grandfather's basement so it was in a box somewhere that she had moved but yeah um
0: do you ever consider like turning that binder in
2: uh she'd never give it to me because she knew I would do it there's no way she'd ever give it to me
0: yeah it's crazy um So we are in month nine of this pandemic. Uh, So the question is, what have you learned about yourself during this pandemic?
2: That I am definitely using the kitchen as therapy. All
0: right. Making a lot of food? (laughs)
2: Uh, Food, confections. Yeah. You name it. I mean, I have definitely been doing more home cooked meals, but especially like like lately, chocolate hot chocolate bombs are like the cool new thing. Well, I'm like, I gotta figure out how to make these, and I'm sure you've seen my stupid posts on Facebook yeah. and Instagram, and whatever. Um, well, so I've started keeping all the supplies like ready to go in the corner of the kitchen <laughs> because when I I've now like when I read an email for work and somebody has pissed me off. I go and start the process <laughs> so I can walk away, calm the fuck down, yeah. and then come back and reply.
0: There you go. You got a little uh, de-escalation self-care routine.
2: Yes. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to find self-care things. And it's really hard because I, I I crave the social interaction, even though I'm an antisocial person, Yeah. which given how open about stuff I am, people find hard to believe, but I just don't. I don't like people I don't
1: know.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't want to get to know new people.
0: Well, I imagine through all this, I I feel like in this, I could be way off, but I feel like you have walls up and they are very high and you do not let people pass those walls. Oh
2: yeah. I have um, walls inside my walls.
0: Yeah. I get that. Um, Yeah. I get that impression. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate you peeling back a little bit for me today. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It was good seeing you. It was good talking to you. It's been a very long time.
2: Thank you very much. I really, I'm glad you asked me to do this. This is fun.
0: I'm glad you're open to it.
2: Always.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're back with another Q&A session. Ask a therapist, as we call it, with Jenny Helms. Jenny, thanks for being here. This is from Jesse. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what... <laughs> I, wrote, I was curious about this because I do it a lot, but I don't, it's not really phrased as a question. Jesse says, projecting, dealing with those who project and also how to stop and navigate yourself when you're projecting. Yeah. Half of my podcast questions are projecting, but I set them up that way. I'm like,
1: <laughs> look,
0: uh, I don't know what your dad was like, but tell me about drinking. <laughs>
3: That's so funny projecting okay so hold on i'm trying to make sure i answer this correctly so what dealing was, with those who
0: project and also okay. how to stop nav- and navigate yourself when you're projecting
3: i think dealing with others is more like it's actually more about knowing yourself and your heart when you go about things because you're gonna have to be very clear on your intentions and and how you mean things because really when people project stuff onto you it's when they put that story of what they see it as And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, you know, and it's not like, don't be open to feedback, but you, I mean, to me, it's something I'm starting to see more and more as I heal and as I know myself more and, like, have self-awareness of the the times I project too. Like, it's not just, like, self-awareness, like, I know I'm a good person. It's, like, self-awareness, like, I know that, like, I do this too sometimes or this is when I struggle, here's how I, like might make it about this when it's really about me or something different. Well, we've
0: talked about this in your um, role too as a therapist, right? Like you have to be yeah. aware of projecting your own shit onto your clients when you're talking to them
1: sometimes
3: and 110% like yeah. so I think it's it's weird but it, it's going to sound weird but I think this is more about having self-awareness and knowing that like so much of what happens is projection. Especially when people when you feel like someone's overreacting to something Or when you feel like you get a response that's super surprising to you, that might be a time when you ask yourself certain questions and say, this might be something they're projecting onto me. Now, it it could be something like, I mean, there might be a genuine truth in there, but usually the extreme to which it's taken has something to do more with what's going on with them than really you. Because typically when people point out stuff to us and they're coming from like a non-ego based place it's calm it's kind it's loving so whenever basically if people are being shitty to you they're probably projecting onto (laughs) you I Um, like that yeah if they're being shitty to you that's a that's a good indicator um yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and then as far as like your own stuff like for me I, I always like sometimes I catch it in the moment um more often I catch it later when I'm like ooh. I really like, I feel it when I'm like, I really responded to that in an extreme way. Yeah. And usually when I ex- like respond in an extreme way, whether it's like disgust, anger, annoyance, whatever, like that's a good indicator that there's something more there that I might've put into the situation. There, There's something deeper about it yeah. that I'm needing to like work on. And those are the times I typically might project. Yeah. That's, um, I, that's
0: tie into like one of our first conversations where, uh, I think the, the quote is, the argument about the dishes is never about the dishes. Yes.
3: <laughs> it's so true. Actually, yeah. my partner and I, I think I'm going to tell on both of us, we were so funny because we, we've we kind of both been in these places of, like, just having a little too much on our plate just the last couple of days, and, like, we've had some other things that have been stressful. And yesterday we were having this conversation. I'm, like, cooking, I'm cooking dinner, and it's late at night, and, like, kind of just frustrated about a couple of things, and I'm explaining it to him, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting, like, extra grumpy about it. And I was like, okay, this really isn't about... And, like, I'm literally, as I'm getting grumpy, I'm like, this really isn't about this, but da-da-da-da. And he's like, oh, and I know. And he was like... He also was like getting grumpy about something and he's like, it's really not about that. And we were just, I was laughing because we kept on going in between like, I love you and I can't emotionally be here for you right now because I'm so tired and I'm going to project shit onto you and it's not your fault. Like, and it was just like, we were literally dialoguing about not wanting to project stuff and aware of it. And I think, I mean, it's not that we're going to be perfect in this, but I think if we can just be aware and catch yeah. ourselves and even make a joke if we can, or just be like, I need a couple minutes because my nervous system is so right now. Like,
1: yeah,
3: <laughs> that's, that's it. So I guess self-awareness is maybe the answer to both.
0: High Boom. five. Yeah. Self-awareness. Boom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we, we, we just yeah, mm, yeah. Virtually virtual high
0: five. <laughs> <laughs> this is what life has come to. Um, uh, <laughs> Well, thank you again to Jenny Helms for answering listener questions. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Kate and a little advice from resident therapist, Jenny Helms. And if you guys could just do me a quick favor and high five me virtually, just like me and Jenny did. Send your high five right now. Ow. As my face. See what I did there? The miracle of technology. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope your 2021 is going well. Wrapping up January right now already. It's crazy. Like, I feel like the year is already flying by and I can't wait for it to be warm enough to go kayaking. There's a little personal thought for me. I, I started a kayaking fund back in August because I got back from vacation and I was just like, I was going to the park and renting a kayak every day. I was like, I'm going to save up money. I'm going to buy my own kayak next year. And I, now I just can't wait for that to happen. Just need this winter to be over with. You guys know what I'm talking about. Winter is the worst. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Have fun. I love you. You can follow us on friend request pod and follow Jenny Helms at Jenny Ann Helms. And email me your thoughts and feedback and desires at justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. Okay, bye-bye. Love you. Oh, shout out to my uh, Spain, Belgium, and Ireland followers. Can't believe I have subscribers there. Guys, who are you? Reach out to me. I want to know. Okay, I love you. Bye.